Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think. Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. <laughs> ah, John. It's <laughs> so good to uh, talk to you again. You too, man, but you sound so far away. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it's almost as if you were in another another room. Um, <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> well, and uh, since you're not here at the Hop Grenade today... Uh, and we haven't seen each other for quite a while. I, after NHC, I went to Japan for a couple of weeks, been to Albuquerque, time on the road. But, wow. but uh, as you will know from having listened to uh, Brewing with Style, I was quite thrilled with the Japanese toilet system and the, the spray <laughs> and the washing uh, ability of these things. And I mentioned this to Justin. Just in passing during the show, he was speaking so, of passing. He, yeah, he was so taken with it. Lo and behold, I come into the hop grenade today, and two weeks later, and they've completely changed the toilets in the hop grenade. Just amazing! Just amazing. <laughs> you wouldn't now. It's not quite the Japanese system. Uh, it's a little more Americanized, I would say. You know, or hillbillyized. Um, you know, and, <laughs> so it's a, it's a scrub brush hanging next to the toilet. Oh, no, 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 no. Much. Yeah, this is the hop grenade. They do things wonderfully down here. So instead okay. of a, a regular toilet seat, there is a, uh, 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 you know, a, a lawn chair, a folding lawn chair. They've spread <laughs> the, uh, you know, the material open there in the center. So you've got your, your hole. And then uh, they're using one of those, uh, you know, uh, lawn sprinklers. And so, yeah. you know, you hit the button and it's... And I tell you, it just polishes you clean. It's a little powerful. Uh, you know, it does spray up the back of the wall. but uh, So there's a little bit of a brown streak up the wall. But, uh, you know, it's you, you clean as a whistle. Clean as a whistle. <laughs> this, this, is, this is how Justin does things down here. You know, it's well, absolutely... I can't wait to try it out. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a joy. It's a joy. Um, you know, there's... there's uh, so many good things happening here, and uh, I was so thrilled and so touched that Justin would, uh, uh, you know, hear my my need for uh, personal cleaning. It, huh? Oh, absolutely, and and go to these these extremes, these these lengths, sparing no expense to uh, improve my pleasure when I'm visiting here at the Hopkerty. Hmm. Now, you know who else is like that? You know who else? Spares no expense to make sure I have pleasure. Yes. 
Oh, well, not me, not that part, but uh, <laughs> there's no expense. Yes, our good friend John Blickman. Absolutely. Our, our fine uh, friend John Blickman, our great sponsor of this show, paying for the show so you don't have to, he spares no expense in designing some great equipment and uh, getting it out there to uh, the home brewers. Um, always, always fantastic. Uh, you know, uh, like uh, our, our good friend JP likes to say, uh, John Blickman is uh, innovating your, your brew day. And uh, he does. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was great to see him at NHC. Um, and again, he took us out to uh, a really nice uh, meal there, right? Did That's he? right. Yeah, I, I'm losing track. It seems like he does it every time. So uh, I'm just uh, shocked. Nobody has treated me this nice since my uh, my last sugar daddy. Um, but no, uh, you know, again, an, another person that takes uh, takes a great pride and joy in making sure his customers are satisfied and, you know, coming up with new ways of making sure they are. So if you see John Blickman, make sure uh, at the very least you, you scream at him, Bruce Strong, or something, or uh, email him and tell him you, you appreciate his... Uh, supporting the show for all these many years. Speaking of uh, measuring and stuff, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> our our friend uh, Trevor from Sacramento, he wrote in uh, asking about uh, units of measure. And he said, uh, what's up, guys? Been brewing for two years now. Quickly, one of his favorite things to do, found about the Brewing Network, yada, 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 yada. He says, a question about units of measure. He says, <laughs> I currently use imperial units to brew, but sometimes I think that using metric would allow me to brew with more precision. Uh, which is better, specific gravity or Play-Doh? Would switching over to metric for other parts of brewing, such as measuring grain weight, mash thickness, mash temperature, boil volume, measuring hops, help me be more precise? Could it help me with repeatability? Uh, I feel that the symmetrical approach to measuring things with the metric system using the tenths has potential to make more sense and simplify the process. I also realize it could cause complications for me because since everyone else uses Imperial. So uh, I think that's a good question from, from Trevor. And I think it, it yeah, bears it some some investigation because uh, sometimes, so he says, uh, you know, would it be more precise I yeah, believe we can, since we, we have the decimal system and we can put decimal places <laughs> after any number, it's not necessarily more precise. Mm-hmm. It can be easier to be precise, perhaps, or it could be... Yeah, better resolution. Right, or you could, uh, you know, um, depending on the devices you're using to measure things, that could have an effect as well, determining what kind of uh, uh, measurement you're going to use. Yeah. So, uh, and then it's also what you're familiar with. I mean, all of us here in the U.S. are pretty familiar with, you know, what a cup is, you know, what a quart is, what a gallon is, and get an idea of that in your head and, uh, you know, a pretty good idea what, you know, a pound is. But, uh, you know, when you start going to other things, um, it could be more difficult. Uh, You know, Fahrenheit, we we deal in Fahrenheit all, all the time. And uh, yeah. for me, that's a more common measurement. So I'm always dealing with Fahrenheit. I very rarely do things in C, unless it's, you know, a common measurement. Sure. Um, but I'll measure things in, you know, grams, depending on what they are. You know, when you're dealing drugs, grams are really, really your friend. Um, 
If you're, you know, measuring uh, something much more weighty, like grain, I tend to weigh my grain in uh, in pounds for some reason. So, uh, sure, just yeah. a little little different here and there. Well, I think resolution plays a large part in deciding, you know, which uh, measurement system you use. Um, resolution being the degree to which we can determine a difference in the measurement. You know, how how fine a scale we're using. Um, you know what the what the resolution is. It's you know it's even much easier to uh, measure a, an amount uh, more definitively with a smaller unit such as grams than say ounces. There being 28 grams in one ounce. Mm-hmm. So um, if our resolution of our measurement system is only in you know whole ounces, then that's not a very precise uh, or very resolute system. Uh, to measure with compared to grams. Accuracy is, on the other hand, is the um, degree of validity of that measurement. You know, uh, how close is the instrument to, say, the true uh, number, the true measurement? Um, And then the precision of an instrument is the repeatability of that measurement system, both the resolution of the scale and the accuracy of the instrument uh, play a role in the repeatability. Uh, So if you measure the same item, you know, 10 times, uh, what's the, you know, the variance uh, around uh, the the real reading? And that is your measure, your precision Mm -hmm. measurement system. So we've got precision, uh, resolution, and accuracy? Accuracy, yes. So those are the three fundamental things about measuring that. uh, But what about uh, convenience? I think one of the things that uh, Trevor is referring to here is, um, you know, one might be more convenient than the other. So when you need to um, make some sort of an adjustment, um, you know, perhaps one's more convenient. Or when conversing with your friend who also brews, Maybe right. something else is more convenient because that's you know what they measure in. Uh, yeah, one thing that's I, a very good point. One thing I always found very convenient was measuring hops in grams because if I needed to adjust for alpha acid, I could multiply my alpha acid in the recipe times the amount of grams in the recipe. And this would give me my grams of alpha acid essentially. Right. And then I would divide that by the new alpha acid of whatever hops I had. And whatever that was, it could be a higher number or a lower number. And I would end up with, um, you know, how many grams of hops to use. And it right. was right back into the same thing. If you tend to do it in ounces and you're, you know, um, or, you know, you can do this with grains as well and you, you're, you've, no, I think I think hops is a good example, Jamil, because as you say, you know, if you try to do the same thing in ounces, um, it's a much larger unit. And now, and let's say, you know, what was one and a half ounces, you know, after conversion comes out to one point eight. Mm-hmm. Well, do you go to one point seven five, or do you round it up to two? You know, that's and you know, does your scale measure, you know? Uh, in say tenths of ounces and so on. I mean, mm-hmm. this is where you know using grams, uh, you know, a scale with higher resolution uh, can be very helpful. Mm-hmm. 
even if your your scale um, will read out multiple digits for ounces, uh, for decimal places for ounces, um, you know, it can be that uh, let's say you've you've started to get into pounds and you're like, you know, one point one pounds, one point three four pounds. It's kind of like, okay, you know, pounds and ounces. If your scale is only doing pounds and ounces, then you're like, okay, 0.34 pounds times 16. Yeah, you have to do a bunch more math to kind of, I mean, it's not impossible, of course, but, right, uh, and, you know, and you could make the calculation, I guess, in ounces and then convert to grams. Um, that's a possibility as well, right? You know, 28 point, right. uh, you know, 345 times uh, ounces it gives you grams um but i just like the the very the simplicity of grams and alpha acid giving you know and then dividing my alpha acid and i got grams again and i'm mm-hmm. haven't changed you know where i'm going and uh sure. you know the gram scales tend to be fairly precise because it's generally you know most of those gram scales will go up to like uh you know nine or ten ounces or something like that and, uh, you know, pretty good for homebrew uh, hop measurements. That's right. And the written resolution of those scales is usually plus or minus uh, half a gram, which is, you know, a really small amount. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a piece of a hop pellet. So um, Yeah, it's like a, you know, a, a small rock. Yeah. yeah, or really a pinhead-sized thing if there's, you know, small amounts. So, um, yeah, that's a... That's a real good example of uh, you know a a unit uh, that maybe is better suited for you know the task at hand and you know measuring hops on the homebrew scale or on the homebrew level mm-hmm. versus well when you know when you measure uh, hops at uh, Heretic uh, do you use a gram scale there? Uh no no well I mean we measure in kilograms. So we still measure ah. the hops in grams, but now we're talking, you know, kilograms. And we'll yeah. sometimes we'll just well, here's a whole box, <laughs> you know, here's <laughs> here's uh, you know, and then we'll we'll weigh out on a on a scale into a bucket, you know, however many, um, you know, to make up the rest. Yeah, and that's where the convenience factor comes in. Mm-hmm. The whole <laughs> box thing is quite nice. Yeah. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a short break, and when we come back. I want you to uh, give me another uh, example of uh, resolution and brewing where we'd, you know, find a a good example of uh, something being a little bit better to use. All right. So we'll be back right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high-temperature march pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heat. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20 gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your Brew Easy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The Brew Easy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your Brew Easy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new Brew Easy all grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and Brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. 
Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a Certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Your brewing water can be a mystery. If it's good enough to drink, it's good enough to brew with, right? We all know to perfect certain styles of beer, proper water chemistry is vital. But running water tests can be complicated and expensive, but not anymore. Industrial Test Systems is proud to introduce the new Smart Brew Water Testing Kits, incorporating the exact iDip Smart Photometer System. The only photometer on the market that harnesses the power of the smartphone and runs water tests without you doing a pile of calculations. The iDip features two-way Bluetooth communication with the brain of the system, which is its own multilingual app. This allows limitless possibilities, including lab accuracy, free upgrades, test customization, over 35 available, mobile sharing, and more. You can keep a detailed history of your results. Email your water report to other brewers or share it on social media. Visit smartbrewkit.com now and learn more about the iDip photometer and all the tests it can do for you. to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. Before the break, we we're talking about the resolution of uh, measurement systems. Measurement systems. All right, so. Uh, and we had hops as uh, an example of why you might want to measure in grams on that uh, on a commercial scale. We still measure in grams. Um, not that we want, you know, one gram or another, but like I said, it makes it so easy to adjust when, uh, you know, we know that uh, if if at 30 barrels we're using, you know, 20 kilograms and then, you know, we want to adjust the alpha acid for the alpha acid, uh, you know, 30 times, uh, you know, or... or um, 
Um, uh, you, you calculate you know. the alpha acid units and right. then uh, divide by the new alpha percent mm-hmm. alpha to get the new weight. Right, but also, um, uh, you know, sometimes we'll have a little bit more yield in the kettle. Uh, oh, yeah. And so sometimes, you know, we'll have, you know, the it's 30 barrels, it's 20 kilograms. Well, now we have 31 barrels, so... You know, it's X number. We we can just multiply and then divide again, and and off you go. Mm-hmm. That's right. So uh, it makes it very easy to adjust for uh, kettle volumes, and that's why I like grams. And I guess you know pounds, ounces would still work, but uh, you just end up with decimal points, and you know it just seems hard harder to round down. I guess. Well, you know, depending on the scale you have, you know, measuring. Uh, uh, tenths and hundreds of ounces, mm. you know, accurately can mm. be an issue. Okay. Um, so that's why, you know, the gram scale with its, you know, finer resolution is mm-hmm. is convenient that way mm-hmm. uh, because it's, it, because you, there are gram scales readily available that, you know, readily differentiate between 35 and 38 grams, 36 grams, right. and 34 grams. Now, what so, else do you need a, a finer resolution, um, we're dealing with well temperature is another example although it isn't is i guess isn't as quite as useful as the gram scale but mm-hmm. uh you know temperature fahrenheit versus uh celsius um the, uh, a celsius degree equals 1.8 fahrenheit degrees mm-hmm. so in other words a fahrenheit degree is uh you know a little less than half the size of a Celsius degree, which gives you better re- resolution on, mm-hmm. say, your mash temperature. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a temperature controller and an accurate thermostat or a you know, thermometer um, that can you know, measure in Fahrenheit, now you've got you know, that much more uh, degree of control, potential control, on your mash temperature, you know, say at 152 versus 153. Mm-hmm. Um, well, whereas in Celsius, you'd be measuring, you know, 65 versus 66 versus 67. And that's um, that's one of my my pet peeves about, uh, you know, if you take these, uh, you know, temperature controllers and you switch them between Fahrenheit and Celsius, um, it's still a one-degree resolution. You know, your differential, uh, your temperature set point will be like one. It could be one Fahrenheit or yeah. one Celsius. And they're almost, you know, one is almost twice what the other one is. That's right. And uh, yet, you know, the the uh, the um, uh, you know resolution, the 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 detection capability of the the unit is probably it is the same either way. It's just you know they're kind of uh, giving yeah, up. Yeah, you on don't, you can't control it as, as finely with the one as the other, mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, on the other hand, I mean, you know, the Celsius scale has some nice um, milestones built into it. Mm-hmm. For Freezing instance, and boiling. Uh, you know, uh, beta amylase is, uh, you know, its optimum temp is 60 degrees C. Mm-hmm. Um 65 degrees C is when the starches are generally fully soluble. Now, and is, it, is it really 60 is, you know, ideal, or is it like, you know, 60 point, you know, 7, well, and they, they well, we'll just call something. it 60. Right, and so yeah. 
It, it actually changes batch to batch, you know, depending on the the barley variety and the number of other factors. Right. So but. I think they just said, well, let's just call it 60, you know, for ease yeah. of, of remembering. Yeah. So I don't that know that be. it's, you know, um, yeah. On the other hand, you know, is it easier to remember 60 degrees C or 140 degrees Fahrenheit? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 60, 65, 70, 75, and, you know, those are your kind of your your, your mashing milestones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, beta, maximum fermentability, alpha, and then mash out, respectively. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Celsius scale is kind of convenient that way. But in terms of, you know, actually controlling your temperature and, say, you know, monitoring the change in temperature of the mash with time, you know, a higher resolution scale like Fahrenheit uh, is probably uh, more useful, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of a laboratory or, you know, or process management uh, control. Now, here's another one that comes up quite frequently and I think is interesting uh, because it's not as clear cut. Um, we're comparing, uh, you know, volume versus weight, actually. So, um you know, one of the common things you'll see in recipes, and I've done this myself in some recipes, is, you know, a teaspoon or a half teaspoon of, you know, uh, gypsum or, you know, oh, yeah. X tablespoons of, you know, a tablespoon of uh, coriander. And so it's being measured by volume, yet, you know, uh, something like mineral salts, you know, you probably want to weigh that by grams. Um, That's correct. You know, but, uh, you know... I think, you know, part of that in, in these recipes is people a ways back did not have gram scales, you know. It That's wasn't true. really yeah. that popular um, uh, way back when. And so a lot of these recipes were, you know, teaspoons or half a teaspoon or quarter teaspoon, trying to make it simpler right. for the uh, for the brewer. And so, you know, there's a, you know, conversion volume to grams. I mean, on something like that. Uh, you know, should we always be measuring by weight or is there times when we want to measure by volume? Um, I imagine volume can be better when something changes radically in moisture content. So coriander, maybe the seeds are more moist and so, uh, they weigh considerably more, but don't have that much more flavor. And when they're drier, they weigh less. So maybe volume for coriander would be the right thing. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, as long as you've, if you've based your uh, addition, your amount, off of uh, a standard seed size and packing density, um, you know, if if you're sure that's consistent, you know, uh, batch to batch, then yeah, volume works, would work for that. Um, However, given that the change in weight is maybe a couple percent, you know, one to maybe four percent, you know, depending on how much moisture is absorbed. Um, you know, that's a small variation on, say, the total weight if you measure that in grams. So, in case of mineral salts, uh, I always recommend weighing in grams. Um, items such as as coriander or herbs, um, uh, you know, it'd probably be good to establish. Uh, you know, or at least for yourself, a weight standard, you know, a sta- weight standard measurement mm-hmm. rather than a volume standard, so you'd be sure. 
Um, Some of those herbs but, can be so lightweight and so fluffy that that yeah. can be tricky. I think. Um, yeah, if you five five gram trying to accurately measure five grams. Um, right. You know, something that's very fluffy is overflowing the little tray you're like, using. Um, dried chamomile flowers come to mind. Yeah. They're very lightweight and fairly bulky. And so you can have, you know, if you measure out, you know, a few grams of them, it takes up quite a bit of space. So, uh, you know, if you're, it, it depends, I guess, on, uh, you know, what, what it is you're actually trying to measure. Yeah. Weight tends to be more repeatable for solids than volume. Mm-hmm. And uh, liquids, um, I, I, I would still think you could do weight depending on, you know, what the liquid was if the... That's right. Yeah, you know, the uh, concentration of sugars is not changing. Um, yeah. Yeah, liquid, the nice thing about liquids is they usually have a fairly consistent density, mm-hmm. um, you know, sugar solutions aside. So uh, you can, you know, you can consistently measure those by volume mm-hmm. uh, without worrying about, um, you know, changes in, uh, in, in gross weight. Because they're essentially uh, non-compressible, and the thing about correct. things like chamomile flowers is you could squeeze them into a little brick, and, you know, it'll take one-tenth of the volume, yet weigh the same. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else do we need to know about uh, measuring? What, uh, what other types of uh, uh, precision do we need to have in uh, weighing out our, well, our materials? I was going to mention that, um, you know, when it comes to choosing uh, a unit, um, you know, do you get wrapped around the axle of trying to measure, you know, 1.78 grams, or do you just round it up to 2 grams and Mm. say that's close enough? Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, let's say that we're we're doing some hop additions, you know, 5-gallon batch, um, let's take a look at, you know, how much does the IBUs change if we change the amount of hops by one unit? So in terms of um, ounces, um, if we're changing from one ounce to two ounce boiled for 60 minutes, you know, that represents, uh, you know, twice as many IBUs going from 21 to 42. Whereas if we were measuring in grams, you know, changing from 28 grams to 29 grams, that change is only uh, is less than one IBU, about mm-hmm. 0.75. Which is essentially undetectable by the human balance. That's right. In fact, they say, and I really don't know how valid this is, but they say that the, our resol- the resolution of our palate is about five IBUs. See, I think I can do oh. better than that. I do. Okay. I've, I, okay. I, I think I've, I've done this before. And people, I would, I would welcome somebody proving me wrong. But uh, sure. uh, I, I, I believe I can do better than that, which is, yeah. I, I think I can get down to about three. Okay. Um, well, uh, just FYI, you know, for um, a five-gram change, say from 28 to 33 grams, uh-huh. 10% alpha, 60-minute boil, 1050 wort, that equals about four IBUs. Mm-hmm. So well, just I'll, a little FYI there. And I'll tell you this, um, the amount of yeast you pitch, the strain of yeast you pitch, uh, you know, things relating to fermentation temperature, uh, letting the beer sit like one more day, all those 
can change your IBUs more than, you know, five IBUs. Interesting. That's, that's a good point. So, you know, it's great to be precise in measuring. and uh, But like you're saying, you know, 1.78 grams, well, that's two. You know, just round yeah. it up. Don't don't freak about it. You know, um, yeah. I th- I think that's uh, one of the uh, uh, yeah. You 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 lose uh, by significant figures. In other words, you know, well, you, get, you get lost in the noise if you try to be too precise. Mm-hmm. Now, what about techniques for for weighing stuff out? Like, um, do you have any tips on people weighing out things like grains or or hops or uh, minerals or you know herb additions or you know malt extract or water? I well, mean, what's malt extract brings up a good uh, a good topic. Um, you know, from the home brewing side, you know we we're trying to figure, calculate how much malt extract to, to use or how much grain to use mm-hmm. to hit a certain, you know, uh, recipe gravity. And, uh, you know, this leads us into the whole discussion of um, efficiency and points per pound per gallon or liter degrees per kilogram. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, for a lot of brewers, you know, for, for instance, such as uh, Trevor, um He's looking at using uh, metric units, um, maybe in preference to the U.S. units, trying to be uh, a bit more repeatable. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're if you're using kilograms, I mean, that's a a larger unit. Yet um, you have the the decimal system. You have you know scales and grams that can make the precision of uh, kilogram base measurements uh, quite good. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you do have to take you know kind of work out a conversion factor for you know how much how many gravity points is one kilogram of extract going to give me you know in in so many liters of water. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, liquid malt extract, one pound dissolved in enough water to create one gallon of wort would have a gravity of uh, 1036, 1.036. A liquid malt extract. Liquid malt extract, yeah. (laughs) And we call that, you know, 36 points per pound per gallon. Mm -hmm. Dry malt extract is about 42 points per per pound per gallon. In kilograms and liters, this works out to about 300 and 350 liter degrees per kilogram, respectively. So a lot larger number to have to calculate with. Um, not that I'm, I'm sure most people aren't calculating, you know, uh, gravity conversions in their head, but it does get a little more complicated with 300 versus 36. Um, but it works the same way. If you dissolve a uh, one kilogram of extract into, uh, let's say, 10 liters of water, and we know that then that that would uh, give us a gravity of about uh, 1.026. Um, so it's you know the same kind of calculation, uh, and just the d- different different units change the numbers slightly. Well, that's when I when I was uh, making uh, starter work, I would do the one to ten, and I knew that I'd end up uh, you know right around that. Uh, uh, 10.26, you know, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that, that is a good starter word, uh, gravity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, um, I do you DM probably me use... and end up uh, a little higher in the 30s. Oh, really? And then the great thing was you could, you know, adjust up and down uh, fairly easy from that point because it's, you know, a base 10 type of thing. Yeah, base 10 measurement system, yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, that's volume with, you know, or fluid ounces as opposed to dry ounces and, and uh, pints and quarts and so on gets a little messier. And that is where leaders, from a calculation standpoint, is, is better. Um, although when you're talking about, you know, a five-gallon batch, you know, five is a nice round number mm-hmm. compared to, say, 19 liters. Right. Although I suspect in Australia they mostly use 20-liter batches since that's a nice round number. Right. And 20 is not, not, not that different from five gallons. It's like mm-hmm. five and a quarter gallons, right. which is, you know, small potatoes. All right. Let's take uh, another short break. And when we come back, I want to talk about, uh, you know, more measurements in the brew day, you know, specifically, you know, gravity measurements, um, finished beer okay. measurements, those kinds of things. What You know, what's the best measure for that? All right. We'll be uh, back right after this. Beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft craftbeer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewers banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at HopTech.com. 
Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we are able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're talking about uh, measurements and brewing. And, you know, it seems like one of the simplest topics in a way. When we when I first saw this question, I think I was like, oh, you know, measurement. I, I answer this in five minutes. But on the other hand... It, it's actually quite complex, and there's a lot of nuances to it as to why you would choose one over the other. Now, uh, during the brew day, uh, you know, measuring your, your wort gravity, uh, measuring, um, you know, finishing gravities, uh, you know, what's the, 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 the trick there, John? Well, uh, you have two options, of course. You have either hydrometers or refractometers. Um, a hydrometer is more accurate because uh, you are measuring what you intend to measure. You're you're tending to measure the uh, difference in gravity of the solution, and so that, that's specifically what a hydrometer does: is it compares the gravity of a solution, uh, the density of the solution, to a reference, um, you know, pure water uh, standard. Whereas refractometry um, measures the refraction of light as attributed to the sucrose content of the wort. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, wort is only about 6% sucrose typically in an all-malt wort. Um, however, the, re- the refractive indexes of the two sugars, uh, sucrose and maltose, are, are pretty close, you know, down to the third decimal point. So it's a small difference between them. Um, but if you go to the ASBC methods where you ta- they talk about, you know, determining the amount of soluble extract in the wort using a refractometer, 
they actually have you measure the density of the word with a hydrometer to use that number in the calculation. So, mm -hmm. uh, to my mind, if if you got to use a hydrometer anyway, you might as well just use a hydrometer. Well, um, I think the the nice thing about a refractometer is it's quick. It just takes a drop. You can use that kind of as a gauge during your brew day, like. How's my boil going? Am I getting the right evaporation? Right. Things like that. It's a more convenient measurement mm -hmm. than a hydrometer measurement. Right. And they actually have some hydrometers or some refractometers that are uh, calibrated using maltose, and uh, including some digital ones that are set up uh, specifically with maltose as the main sugar. Um, okay. What I've found is that if I take my hydrometer... And instead of calibrating my refractometer at zero using, mm -hmm. uh, you know, plain old water, uh, what I would do is use a nice precise hydrometer, get a good reading there, and then take my average wort around what I usually tend to brew uh, strength-wise and then put that on my refractometer and then adjust my refractometer to read the same as my hydrometer. Oh, yeah. And okay. then I've got, you know, it's essentially centered around my average brew day and my average, you know, in maltose and all that. And um, that worked a little better for me. Um, it's a little tricky because if you it gets bumped or something like that, you can't look just quickly <laughs> readjust, you know, recalibrate it with, uh, you know, uh, water. Uh, right. You need to have, a, you know, some wort available. But, uh, yeah, I love the convenience of the refractometer. Yep, that is very true. And as you say, you know, it just takes a drop. You don't have to fill fill the jar. You don't have to, um, you know, wait for that jar sample to cool mm -hmm. uh, down to room temperature. Or I think the standard is actually 65 or something like that. Yeah, it um, depends which, on... Uh... Okay. Yeah, which affects your the the perceived or the the relative density of the liquid. So, mm -hmm. refractometer is nice in that regard that uh, you can uh, just the drop cools pretty quickly, and can give you a faster number. Mm -hmm. um, the difference between the refractometer scale and the specific gravity scale, you know, for for gravities or of uh, or sorry for Plato readings less than. Um, I think it's uh, 10 Plato. You can just multiply by four, um, but you can also just uh, you can also take that uh, multiply by four conversion higher uh, because if you even if you go up to a, a Plato reading of say 20 or 30, um, you're only talking about maybe a four or five percent difference. Mm -hmm. you're, you know from the uh, calculated uh, specific gravity versus the actual specific gravity. Mm -hmm. And again, 4 or 5% difference isn't a whole lot, you know, when you're trying to, you know, just get a, a, a good ballpark on how much of your extract is. Mm -hmm. You're taught that's, you know, 4 or 5% is like the third decimal place. So it's a difference of, say, you know, one um, 0.005 at the most, you know, on your gravity. Let me throw this out there for, for my pro-brewing brethren and any homebrewers that are using glycol uh, chilling. Uh, ah. Now, there's a difference in specific gravity and refractometry of ethylene glycol versus propylene glycol. 
And right. there, are, there are refractometers that will do specific gravity and will measure glycol and measure the t- different types of glycol. They'll measure urine, the, all sorts of different type of refractometers. It's a very um, elegant solution for measuring all sorts of stuff, but they all need different scales. But the interesting thing, and I may be getting this wrong, but um, this kind of blew me away. All right, so ethylene glycol, you can measure concentrations up uh, with a hydrometer past, you know, all the way through. It's, it's actually pretty linear, I believe. Propylene glycol, which is what we use in breweries because it's a, a, a can be a food-safe uh, uh, glycol, type of glycol, past a concentration, I want to say, around 70%, something like that, the... Yeah. The specific gravity drops, so your hydrometer is floating higher and higher until you get to seventy percent, and then it acts in the reverse, and the yeah. hydrometer drops in, and it won't. It, it won't. So you can't measure past a certain amount, which is one of the reasons why they say, well, you know, if you're going to measure anything that concentrated, you should be using a refractometer for propylene glycol. I thought that that was fascinating. I mean, it, yeah, just, it, it behaves differently once it reaches a certain concentration. It won't float the hydrometer as high anymore. Yeah. I'm, that is I'm, remarkable. I'm sure there's many other, you know, uh, liquids that behave that way. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I had never heard of it. I did not think such a thing was, it, it just never dawned on me. Are there any other types of craziness uh, like that in in measuring things in in the brewery that you know of um no i can't think of it that that example with the glycol is is um probably the most unusual when it comes to measuring when it you know changes course like that and all of a sudden it starts giving the inverse relationship mm-hmm. well and it, it's it's like that thing where people say well you know glass is a liquid you know yeah. it's like Okay, seems pretty solid to me, but I'll take your word for it. So it's one of those types of things where, um, you know, what what you imagine is true is is actually not true. You know, common sense doesn't doesn't lend itself to, to everything there. Right, right. You know, see so one um, one uh, useful no, other useful note on the um, Plato scale um, is uh, helping you calculate your pitching rates. Mm. How was that? Um, you know, the old uh, one million cells per milliliter per degree Plato mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, rule of thumb. Sure. Or as I like to say it, one billion cells per liter per degree Plato. Mm-hmm. I go. I go. I go less. I don't use that much yeast. I do uh, 0.75. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> or I go yeah. one and a half for lager yeast. Yeah. I don't want to be accused of using too much yeast. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, I mean, that's, um, you know, the, the degree Plato scale comes in handy there, um, where, you know, if you've got a, uh, say, a 15 Plato wort, um, you know, multiply, that becomes 15 billion cells per liter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, multiply that by the number of liters you have in your batch. Right, and 20 liters. Or 19, yeah. you know, depending on where you're brewing. If you're yeah. south of the equator, then it's 20 liters. If you're north of the equator, it's only 19. <laughs> if, um, now, you know, in your, in at Heretic Jamil, you use, 
uh, barrels, I imagine, to mm-hmm. measure your volume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is a little odd. Yeah, it's an odd unit, 31, gallon 31 gallons, U.S. gallons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Over and 117 liters. Right, Again, right. Kind of an odd number. 117.3-something, I think. Yeah, yeah it's, it's difficult because... Um, you know, the federal government requires us to report in barrels. The state government requires us to report in gallons. And then, you know, it's just easier to calculate everything in liters. Uh-huh. Um, we use 50-liter kegs. You know, it's like, well, I'd like to stick to liters, but uh, it's 13.2 something. Yeah. You know? um, and if you measure your batch size in hectoliters, then a uh, 50-liter keg makes it makes sense, doesn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's now, an interesting uh, potpourri of uh, measurements. Yeah, a hectoliter for everyone's uh, education is a uh, hundred liters, and so a, U- a U.S. barrel at one hundred and seventeen liters is is not that different. So if you ever get into a discussion of you know brewery size, and someone says, "Well, I've got a ten barrel system," and another person says, "I have a ten hectoliter system." They're they're pretty close. Yeah, you know the guy with the ten hectoliter is a little bit small. Yeah, the guy with about the, about eighty five percent as large the, as a, as the a ten barrel. barrel guy. He's got a bigger unit. <laughs> uh, Speaking of yeah. big units, um, have you heard uh, the uh, other uh, Brewing Network shows shows recently? Have you heard uh, Jay with the Sour Hour? I have not had a chance to listen to it lately, but I've I've heard a couple of them. They were quite interesting. Have you heard the big unit himself, JP, with uh, Dr. Homebrew? Yeah, I've heard that one. There you go. That's the big unit. Have you heard uh, that guy, uh, Jamel, on uh, Brewing with Style? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Never miss it. <laughs> All right. Good good lie there, Palmer. Um, <laughs> let's do this. Speaking of good lies, let's take a, uh, a short break, and when we come back, uh, we'll wrap up with uh, more of your interesting information on measurements right after this. Craft beer and kick-ass music. This is the year to attend the 20th annual Mammoth Festival of Beers and Bluesapalooza in beautiful Mammoth Lakes, California. Enjoy more than 80 breweries like Mammoth Brewing, Anchor, Fireman's, Bear Republic, Anderson Valley, Stone, Green Flash, Firestone Walker, Sierra Nevada, Lagunitas, Deschutes, and many, many more. On stage, you'll hear Trombone Shorty and Orleans Avenue, Johnny Lang, Robert Cray, Robin Ford, Ruthie Foster, Carolyn Wonderland, Tommy Castro and the Pain. Killers, the Sly Brothers, and much more. It's the most incredible lineup ever to take a mammoth stage. Don't miss the 20th annual Mammoth Festival of Beers and Bluesapalooza, Thursday, July 30th through Sunday, August 2nd. Tickets and more information at mammothbluesbrewsfest.com or call 888-825-5484. Tickets for some events will sell out early. Get yours at mammothbluesbrewsfest.com or call 888-825-5484 today. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... 
Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift. When you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. about White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast. Pure Pitch is yeast grown right in its final packaging. That means yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. And White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast for homebrewers is now available to everyone at homebrew retailers nationwide. Easy to use, perfectly sized, and ready to pitch. White Lab's yeast, packaged using their FlexCell process, ensures the purest yeast on the market. Visit whitelabs.com to learn more about Pure Pitch, FlexCell technology, and how it's created. Then visit a homebrew retailer near you for your own perfectly sized package of Pure Pitch yeast. And you can say hello to your own little friend. www.whitelabs.com Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're having a great discussion about uh, measurements. And, uh, you know, it it sounded like a dry subject, but uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of wetness to it, I think. Yeah, there's, there's a lot, lot of interest. To cover. I think Trevor came up with a good one here. Uh, that's yep. why we encourage people to send in their uh, ideas for shows. There are questions for Q&A. We're going to do a Q&A show about uh, fruit and beer after this um, to Brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com. And it, trust me, we look at all of them. Uh, some we just delete. Um, you know, uh, naked pictures. Uh, yeah, we, we save those. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, send them all in. We, we, we enjoy them all. All right, so John, uh, touch on anything we haven't touched on real quick, and uh, uh, give give the listeners some tips as to uh, where they should focus and what they should do. You've okay, well, I was just going to follow up with um, dry hopping. Mm. Um, you know, you you often hear uh, dry hopping talked about in terms of uh, pounds per barrel, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, in merry old England. Uh, you know, they would talk about two and three pounds of hops per barrel. Well, that was, that was a uh, an imperial barrel, uh, which I believe is uh, forty three U.S. gallons mm-hmm. versus our thirty one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to remember that those were lower alpha and lower oil hops than what we currently brew with today. Mm-hmm. So you had a lot more, you know, just plant matter in two pounds per barrel than we would today. Two pounds per barrel today is a pretty peasant matter, too. You know, sometimes peasants would fall into the uh, the grinding machines and, uh, you know, 
So you'd be hopping you know, around peasants. Up, yes. Yes. But um, I would probably mention for people that uh, one pound per barrel is equivalent of a per U.S. barrel is equivalent to about a half ounce per gallon, mm-hmm. or uh, four grams per liter, mm-hmm. and uh, two pounds per barrel is about one ounce per gallon, or about uh, seven grams per liter. Mm-hmm. So just in case uh, you're ever looking at a dry hopping recipe and you see a a pounds per barrel reference, there's a little conversion factor for you. That's a good one. All right. Anything else? Um, anything we well, should I, know? I think to kind of to summarize, I mean, um, you know, don't try to be too precise in brewing because very often, you know, the precision that you think you're getting is going to be lost in the, the rest of the noise of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you weigh out your your grain to, you know, to the nearest gram, you know, say 10 kilograms of grain that weighed out to the nearest gram, but then you don't pay, you know, close attention to your volume measurements of your water and your wort, well, then that, that precision is lost. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, I, uh, I've always said that, you know, uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, errors in uh, in measurement that compound themselves in brewing, and, yeah. and uh, you know, sometimes people go, well, you know, how much of this should I use? It's like, well, it doesn't really matter, you know, m- measure it in a repeatable way. And then if mm-hmm. it wasn't enough, next time use more. If it was too much, use less. It doesn't yeah. matter if the scale is A through Z or 1 through 10, you know, just use, you know, just, just yeah. pick a point and... Um, the most important thing is that your measurements be repeatable. That That's right. Especially if, you know, uh, if you're going to change a piece of equipment like a cable modem, let's say, or a uh, <laughs> or you know, your your thermometer or your hydrometer, um, you might want to measure the two side by side and see that they actually do read the same because if if they don't, then you've changed your whole scale of brewing, and your repeatability is now gone. And That's repeatability right. is the the critical thing because your palate's going to tell you, no, I want it more hoppy. So who cares what the formula you used was or anything like that? You just know you need more than you had last time. So however you measured it last time, measure a little bit more. And mm-hmm. you know, try it again. And that's that's the the way to to brewing greatness, I think. Good point. All right. Another fine show uh, brought to you by uh, Blickman Engineering and the Brewing Network uh, and all those fine people down at uh, the Hop Grenade. I don't know. Yeah. In, yeah. In the, Why not? <laughs> yeah. They're helping bring you this show. That's right. Especially in that fine, fine uh, gentleman's stall there with the, uh, the lawn chair. The sprinkler, yeah. it's beautiful. Do they give you that crisscross pattern though when you stand up? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. It's like, <laughs> and it really, I mean, just sweeps it clean. Yeah, from left to right, from up to down, you are spotless. <laughs> and if you want to continue being spotless, I suggest you check out our fine sponsor, Blickman Engineering. Check out the Brewing Network store. There's a lot of goodies there, and when you get those goodies, when you buy the 
the hats, the shirts, the glassware. Eventually, they'll get books back in. I don't know when, but eventually, they get books back in. They, you'll get uh, all the, the any profit there goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network directly to the Brewing Network. There's no like middleman that's like sucking it all up. Goes to the Brewing Network and helps keep shows like this on the air. If you want to keep hearing it, brewingnetwork.com/store. Until then, everybody, brew strong. Bruce Strong. <laughs>